Welcome to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast, the podcast for special educators who are looking for personal and professional development. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Reeve. For more than 20 years, I've worn lots of hats in special education, but my real love is helping special educators like you. This podcast will give you tips and ways to implement research-based practices in a practical way in your classroom to make your job easier and more effective. Welcome back to the Autism Classroom Resources Podcast. I'm Christine Reeve, and I'm your host. And today I'm talking about the hidden curriculum. So let me give you an example to get us started. When Mrs. Quiet Class told Ronaldo to stop talking to Jill, she didn't typically say to the rest of the class, and that goes for the rest of you too, there is no talking to your neighbors in my class. At least she typically didn't say that unless the behavior kept happening. But for students with autism and learning disabilities and other disabilities, they often miss those cues. And while that isn't really a huge deal, it does frustrate their teachers, and sometimes it gets the student in trouble, and it often gets them labeled as a troublemaker. And for a student who doesn't understand the hidden curriculum, he has no idea why he is in trouble. Because the hidden curriculum is essentially everything you learned in school that wasn't explicitly taught. It's the social lessons you took in from observing those around you. A good example that students commonly encounter is when the teacher tells a student to stop talking to their neighbor. We all knew when we were students that meant we shouldn't start talking to our neighbors at that time. But nobody ever actually told us that. So I've written a whole series of blog posts about the hidden curriculum from what it is and what it means in autism and how to teach it. So I'm not going to focus on those in today's episode, but I will make sure that those links are in the blog post that goes with this episode and you can find them at autismclassroomresources.com slash episode 68. And I actually think there are also some videos in our video library and I'll link to those as well. In this episode, I want to focus specifically on how the hidden curriculum impacts students' behavior. This relationship is particularly an issue for those students we've been talking about who have that invisible disability in the series that I've been doing in the last few episodes that places them in situations where they have more limited adult supervision, they're more independent. And that's primarily because their lack of understanding of the unspoken social context is often the reason that they engage in behavior like in Mrs. Quiet Class's situation. So I'm going to outline some common areas in which the hidden curriculum impacts students' behavior and some considerations we need to have in how we address that behavior. And I'll point you to some posts and resources for that as well. So let's get started. One example that I always use in order to know if you're dealing with the hidden curriculum is if you have ever said, why would you do that when I just told him not to? Or if you've ever said, what were you thinking? Often these phrases follow behaviors that seemed obviously problematic to us and probably to the student's peers, but they don't seem problematic to the student who just completed them. Now, many of them will tell you when asked that they were wrong. Sometimes they realize it. 
Other times they recognize that they're in trouble, so they say they know better, but sometimes they don't. So let's talk about some common situations in schools when the hidden curriculum can impact students' behavior. Now, obviously, there are a ton of examples across the board. So I'm just going to give you some good ones that I think are representative of things we commonly see to get us started. And then I'll give you some ideas of what we need to think about in thinking about behavior. So let's start with interactions with peers. Some of our students get into trouble with peers because they don't recognize that there are things you should and shouldn't say to other students. For instance, sometimes students with autism in particular are overly honest, having been taught that honesty is the best policy and that lying is wrong. These students are strident about telling the truth, and that's great. Until they look at the girls around the playground and they go up to each one labeling each one, you're pretty you're ugly. If you understand that the student just says what he thinks and is always honest, you know where that came from. But if you don't, you may think that he was intentionally being mean. Sometimes the situation is even more dangerous and more subtle. The hidden curriculum helps us figure out who makes a good friend that cares about us and who does not. If we don't explicitly teach these students about the qualities of a good friend, our students may become friends with students who purposely get them into trouble. These are students who may set them up to do things specifically to see them get into trouble because our students trusted them. Understanding the hidden curriculum item that a true friend wouldn't ask you to do something that he wouldn't do himself is an important item for us to teach our students. And then there are situations that are even more serious with interactions to peers. Students who don't understand the hidden curriculum don't understand that there are things you might say to one group of people that shouldn't be said with other groups. So a prime example is a teenager who hangs out with the guys in the locker room and he hears all the guys talk about how hot this young woman in their class is. He hears them use lots of sexualized language when talking about the young women in their classroom. He wants to be friends with a girl in his class. So modeling what he has heard in the locker room, he goes up and tells her how hot she is and uses lots of sexualized language about her body. She justifiably gets extremely uncomfortable and upset and reports him to an adult. And he is likely to get suspended at best. It's possible he could even have charges brought for sexual harassment. And all he really wanted to do was say that he liked her and wanted to be friends with her. And he didn't know that the way guys talk in the locker room is not the way to talk to girls. Another area of problems for the hidden curriculum happens in interactions with teachers. I gave you the example earlier of a minor example with Mrs. Quiet Class's frustration of students who talk to their neighbor. Here's another example where I see a lot of students get in trouble. In high school in particular, the norms of classrooms start to shift and teachers have preferences for how they wish for students to participate in class. Some teachers appreciate students who call out in class and have lively discussions. Other teachers like to have a more orderly class where, teacher, where students are raising their hands and waiting to be called on. Many of the students that I've worked with 
have difficulty knowing the difference between these two expectations. And high school teachers don't always explicitly state these expectations. They just expect that it will be clear as class progresses. And calling out once or twice in Mrs. Please Raise Your Hands classroom is probably not a big deal. Most students typically learn that means she doesn't like it. But for students who aren't in tune with the hidden curriculum, they don't. And eventually, the teacher gets frustrated with the student who keeps blurting out, and he becomes known as being disruptive. And if he continues, he may be punished or even sent to the office. But because he's been doing it all along in Mr. Lively Discussion's classroom, he doesn't get why he is in trouble. So what can we do about the hidden curriculum and behavior? So there are tons of examples of the impact of hidden curriculum on behavior. It can impact behavior on the job. It has huge impacts on behavior in places like school and public restrooms. Given that it can have such a big effect, it becomes something that we really need to think about at two different levels. One is we need to teach it proactively so that we can prevent the hidden curriculum from impacting our students' behavior. The way we do that is to teach it ahead of time. One thing we can do is to teach an item every day. There are a number of books that you can get, and I'll link to them in the blog post with this episode, with all different items that you can teach. And you can also generate them on your own as well as you see things that might become an issue. Uh, So you can also address them as problems arise and you see issues that need to be addressed. For some students, this may happen more frequently than for others. You can also teach proactively. You could do it as a group activity during your morning meeting, your calendar time, or you can do it individually during a counseling time. And if you're doing it as a group, you can also pool your ideas for different students to make up your repertoire as well. But we also need to teach responsibly. When we have a student, like the student who called girls pretty and ugly on the playground, we need to work with that student to understand what items of the hidden curriculum were missed. And then we need to address those to avoid having the same problem reoccur. And most importantly, the thought I want to leave you with is that we need to keep in mind the problems that these students have in interpreting the hidden curriculum when a behavioral incident occurs. I've been involved with many instances where this didn't come to light until the manifestation determination. While it was clear at that point that it was a manifestation of their disability, the punishment had already typically been dealt. Sometimes it pays to do a little further investigation into understanding how the lack of social understanding of a situation might have played a role in the behavioral incident for these students, rather than jumping to the interpretation of it being intentionally bad behavior. If you work with students with autism who struggle with understanding and learning the hidden curriculum, you might be interested to know that we have a whole workshop on it in the Special Educator Academy, as well as a whole course on teaching social skills and social understanding that ties into it. And you can find out more on that and get a seven-day free trial at specialeducatoracademy.com. I've also included some links in the resources in the blog post to learn more about all of this, as well as strategies for addressing it. Some of them are blog posts. I've included books from my Amazon shop by Brenda Smith-Miles and Judy Endow that have items for teaching it that I think are particularly helpful. So you can find all of those resources on the podcast episode page at autismclassroomresources.com 
slash episode 68. And I'll put that in the show notes as well. And I'd love to hear how you address the hidden curriculum in your classroom. So if you're an educator, hop over to our free Facebook group at specialeducatorsconnection.com. Thanks so much for joining me today. I will be back next week with another episode. And as always, thanks so much for everything that you do for your students. And I hope to see you then. Mm -hmm.